What's your favorite scary movie? Probably The Thing. What's yours? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you haven't been allowed to see that yet, have you? Yeah. Someday. We love horror movies and we love horror in general, don't we? Yeah. So here we are today to talk about a horror game, Arkham Horror um, Legacy Card Game by Fantasy Flight Games. Family Games. I'm your host Justin. And I'm your host Oscar. And every couple of weeks we come to you with a new game that we love to play as a family so that you can share it with your friends and family. Find us at our website boardfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. And there you can find the the games that we're playing, previous episodes, and um, some of the products we like to use while playing games. You can also follow us on Facebook or at Twitter. On, on Twitter, we are at BoardWithFG, and we just share more information about what we love playing and um, love to hear from you as well about what you're playing and what you'd like to see on future episodes. So tell us a little bit about what we're um, what we've been playing recently. It's called Arkham Horror by Fantasy Flight Games, and it's a legacy card game. So this is a game that you are a a legacy game. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means, but that has a lot of different scenarios. And we've frankly been playing this game every week for the last couple of months, I think, right? Yeah. So the funny thing about how we started playing this game originally was that um, Oscar's mother and I bought it when he was going to be out of town because it's a two-player game. And so we were able to, or we figured we'd buy it while he was gone to his grandparents for a few weeks and have something to do ourselves. And then, not surprisingly, when Oscar came back... I wanted to play it. Yeah, he was pretty upset that we had got this super cool-looking game and was playing it without him. So um, then we looked to bring him in as well. Um this is a game that is set in the 1920s New England, and it's really based on the, or not based on, inspired by the horror author H.P. Lovecraft. I do think it's important to mention that H.P. Lovecraft as an author was very racist, and his writing has a lot of deep racism to it. However, while this is inspired by that history, and as so many others often, other horror authors were inspired by this um, writer. The set or this game itself certainly is not racist. It is not does not have those undertones to it. And actually, as we'll talk about a little bit later, does a very good job on representation. Uh, so, talk a little bit more, Oscar, about what a legacy game means. A legacy card game has a set order of scenarios. And how well you do in the decisions you make in the previous scenario affect what's going to happen in the scenario you're in then. So if you did well in the last scenario, it's going to make it at least a little bit easier in the scenario you're in. Yeah, and some of the actions that you take in a previous scenario can also affect what the next and future scenarios will be like. It'll, it can change the story somewhat. So for Arkham Horror, we have... 
The base box, um, that's what we're primarily talking about today. There are so many expansions to this, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But this is, we're primarily going to talk about that base card game. We're also going to, because it's a story-based scenario, we are going to make sure that we keep this spoiler-free. We'll talk a little bit about but what we're going to talk about is primarily the first scenario, and we're going to try to keep it to what would happen in the first turn or two, So because we don't want to spoil any surprises for you. Um, so this base box comes with three scenarios. You go one, two, three through them, and then um, you are finished. So um, who is this game made for? Um, it's made for ages 14 and up, and normally it's for one to two players, but can go up to four. Yep. So this base box, you have enough to play with one to two players. You cannot play with more than that with this base box. Box. So when Oscar came home and saw that we were playing and was upset, we couldn't just get out or say, okay, we're going to deal you in. Let's play the next round. We actually had to get something additional so that he could join. Um, you know, it is 14 and up. There is the themes are dark. It's horror. Um, you know, we don't mind doing these things with Oscar because we can talk it through. But that's going to be up to your, your family. That 14 isn't just about the difficulty of playing as most board games are there is a content aspect to it so i would encourage you to look a little bit further into it if that's something that you're worried about with your children so with all that in the lead up we're going to get to talking a little bit more about the details of arkham horror legacy card game by fantasy fantasy flight games after a word from our sponsor Back Cycles by Cat Lily Games, available now on Kickstarter. Cycles is a fast-paced strategy card game for ages 8 and up, based on the circle of life. To win, players must collect three complete hand-painted life cycles. Along the way, you can steal cycles and use special powers associated with each organism. The game comes with 52 cards, two token cards, and of course, a rules booklet. Visit www.catlily.com, that's C-A-T-L-I-L-L-I.com, for more information and a link to a playable version on Steam. What is the goal of Arkham Horror Legacy Card Game? The idea is that you're trying to solve a mystery. Okay, so you've got some investigators that are thrown into this scenario, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what the um, people are called that you're playing. You're called an investigator and you have some kind of mystery that needs to be solved. So um, the way that's laid out to you, first you have a um, some te text you're going to read setting the scenario. And then there's the what are called the agenda and the act. What's that, Oscar? Well, the agenda is basically the bad guys, like the enemies thing. And if it gets through, you basically you failed. But if you get all the way through the act, then you succeeded and you did, you got the best outcome possible for that scenario. Okay, so you know you've got these two competing things, and you know obviously we're trying to keep spoilers away, so. 
in each scenario, you have that agenda, which is something that the game is working against you on and will advance as you go. Looking at the first scenario, there are three agenda cards and you will eventually, if you do not succeed in time, you'll get through the, to the third one. And then at the end of that, you will end up with a resolution that's usually considered having lost. Then you have the act cards, which are the good ones. You want to get through those and they're telling you what you need to do. So each scenario is going to be different. You don't know exactly going in what you have to achieve. You just know that there's going to be something you have to do to move that act forward. So um, how, how do you complete those goals? What are the sorts of actions you're going to take without going too far into detail? Um, you could be searching for clues. You could be trying to fight enemies could be trying to run away from enemies. And you could be trying to play other cards from your hand. And there's so many cards I can't really tell you all the cards. And then, and then there's an explore, exploration aspect. You don't know what different locations are and you have to go moving around to find those. Um, so to give you a little sense of it, the beginning of the first scenario, do you remember what happens and what what the setup is in the first scenario, what like first turn before you, you know, you sit down, you start playing what what's happening. Basically you just kind of get it and you just somehow get trapped in your study. And you're basically, you're like, what's happening? I'm just trapped in my study. How can I get out of this? You know, and you hear creepy sounds coming from below the floor. You know, something's happening, but you don't know what, mm-hmm. and that's where you start. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar, describe for us what the look and the feel of the game is, what the cards are and how it's actually made, how this works. Well, it's all cards except for four kinds of tokens and a bag of tokens. Okay, so what are the four? Um, so like everything you're doing, we talk about locations, we're talking about investigators, all that stuff. It's all, it's cards. Yeah. Okay, so there's no board. Mm-hmm. All right. What about these tokens? Tell tell me what these tokens are that you have. Well, there's the damage, and that's what you get physically. There's the heart, which is what you take mentally. There's the clues, which are little tokens that count as both clues and doom. Okay, so um, we'll talk a little bit more about what these clues and doom are, but clues are good, and doom is... Horrible. Bad. <laughs> so, and what else? And then there's the resource, which allows you to play most of the cards. Okay, so it's kind of like the money of the game, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think this is really cool. You know, you're obviously, there's going to be an aspect of fighting in here at some point. And so you can take damage. But this idea of horror is kind of cool, too, because it's a horror game, or it's a, you know, scary game. Crazy things are happening. What could happen to your investigator? Your investigator can go insane. Yep. So if you get too much horror, you go insane, which is essentially the same thing as dying um, or at least being out of the scenario. Visit B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com for more information on this and other games. Since this is entirely a card game, describe to us what these cards actually look like. Well, it's I'm looking at the Ravidus School. And as this creature with bloody hands and and his bloody face that looks like it's been eating like 
corpses or something coming at you. Okay, so it's a little... It, again, this is a horror game. You're going to see stuff that's, you know, meant to be a little scary and freaky. I see another card called Grasping Hands. What's on there? Um, It's these hands... With, like, long fingernails just coming through your floorboards. Okay, so this is kind of setting the scene of what's going to be happening to you. Both of these types of cards, we'll talk a little bit more about later, are actions or bad things that happen to you throughout the game. But um, what other kinds of cards are there? Well, there's the your investigator, which has a picture of a person, and you get abilities from it. And it's basically just you. All right. And then um, there's location cards. Mm-hmm. Which are where you're at. And sometimes they have an effect. And they always have at the bottom a thing that says something normally very creepy. Okay. So let's <laughs> see if I can find one here. Um, I guess I need to start with the one that we are at, which is the study. And... Um, you see, you've been investigating the strange events incurring in Arkham for several days now. Your desk is covered in newspaper articles, police reports, and witness accounts. For representation, obviously we've been talking about it. there are people on these cards and, you know, mentioned the racism of H.P. Lovecraft. But this game does do a very good job of having good, ex or good representation throughout the cards. It's not fully even. Um, I'll mention that... Because there's a, um, you know, investigations, you end up, there's researchers and there are a lot of old white professors in the game. So that's probably the area that is a little heavier, um, old white men wise. But otherwise, the investigators themselves, there's a good mix, a great mix of male, female, um, also other races. There's a, um, you know, we have one Asian character. Um, there's a, a number of black characters. And so it's a great to see all this representation in a game, and it feels very natural. One of the things is the, the, all these cards are powerful. The most recent game we played, um, we had all of us picked the investigator we wanted. And what did we find out when we had actually looked at who we had all picked? Um, we had all picked female investigators. Yep. So we had an all-female team taking on the horror that was occurring in those scenarios. So that's cool. You know, it's just you, these are the cards you're going to want to pick up. It's um, it's very good. The um, beyond those investigators, on some of the item cards, there are other people, and there's a good mix of characters. They don't feel stereotyped, and that um, so that's really a great thing for this game is that even though it's set in the 1920s, you see so much representation. So Oscar, why don't you talk a little bit about what it takes to set up this game? Well, there's a number of decks to shuffle and you really have to follow the list step by step because if you do something out of the order, it may be disastrous. I'm not sure because I haven't been the one saying this up. <laughs> okay, so I'll talk about that since I do set it up. You have a list of instructions on every scenario and it tells you exactly what cards you need, what you need to find, how, how you need to set it up. It is not easy. The first couple, you'll get into the flow of it if you set up, but at, the, at this point in our family, I am always the one that sets it up because I've done it so much at this point. And it, as I said, it's not the easiest thing to do. What else do you have to do? Well, 
shuffle deck. You have to shuffle the decks. Take and, your hand of cards. So what decks are we talking about? Um, you have the treachery decks, which are the bad cards that are going to come up, but you still want to come up. Okay. You have your deck, which is filled with mostly good cards. You have your few weakness cards that hurt you, but in the end, you don't have many of them. Okay, so you know, interesting. We didn't really talk about that yet. I think it's a good moment to talk about what your investigator deck is. So what exactly does that mean that you have your deck of cards? Well, we have a deck of cards that has all kinds of different cards. Skills that are what you're good at. It has events that are other cards and are different actions you take. It has assets that are like people you can work with, items can, that you can use, and stuff, and like accessories you can wear that so, do help you. So, you know, as you're playing the game, you're going to. Each scenario, you're going to start with a blank slate in front of you. You're just going to have your deck shuffled up, ready to go, that you've put together. That's something that's important about this game is you're actually building the deck. Now, in this starter scenario, um, this um, original box, it's going to give you, it's going to tell you how to set up your deck. So it's not um, too big, but as you go, you're going to be able to set your deck up in other ways. So um, you have all these things and you're going to Basically, using the resources, as we mentioned, that money type I, I, or item, you're going to lay things out, use these cards in different way, and that's how you're actually going to progress through the scenario. What else do you have to set up? Well, you have to set up your agendas and your doom. I mean, act. Okay. And those have to go in a specific order. But you don't have to worry about that too much because it has like act one, act two, act yeah. three. And then you have your location, right? Yeah. And those do have to go in a specific order. Yeah. And yeah. then you have those things that like you set aside. They're just special for your scenario. Yep. So in the first um, scenario you play, you have one location, the parlor. It's sitting down on the board. You have three what are called minis. You have little cards that have your investigator this picture on them, and they all go there. In later scenarios, you'll have multiple cards you're laying out to make the location of the place, and each one's a different, essentially, room. And so wherever your mini is, that's the location your investigator is at. So after you've done all of this setup, you're going to stop, you're going to read um, through a scenario lead in. So there's going to be some text to tell you or to set the mood, set the scene. You're going to read your act and agenda cards, and then you're actually ready to play. So Oscar, why don't you talk through a round for me? Well, first you place one doom on the agenda. That's not helpful because that gets you one turn closer to advancing it. And if you advance it, you're one step closer to losing the game. So for the first agenda card, there's a number three on it. You get three doom, it advances. Mm-hmm. Then each investigator draws one treachery card from the top of the encounter deck and resolves it in turn order. Okay, so it's a bad thing that happens to you. So tell me what Grasping Hand says. So it's a revelation. You'll learn that when you're learning the game. 
and you test your agility, for, and by each point you fail by, you take a damage. Okay, so I think this is a good moment to talk through what this test means. So you have on your investigator card for agility a certain number. So let's say it's three. And what is um, what kind of test do you need to make? Um, an agility test. So. You shuffle the tokens in a bag. Okay, so there's a bunch of tokens that have numbers and things out of it. Jacob, you can hear them there. Okay, so Oscar's got three agility. He has to take it a um, three, or he has to test three, right? Mm -hmm. So he draws a token. And I drew a skull. Okay, and so a skull, you'll have a card that tells you what that means. It says... Minus X, the number of ghoul enemies at your location. Fortunately, since we're not really playing and just started, we have no ghouls at our location, meaning that... I would succeed and take no damage. Okay, and so each player goes around in this turn and does that, and then there might be enemies, and then the enemies just attach to you and you handle them in a later phase. All right, what's next? Then you have the investigation phase. And during said investigation phase, you take your turn, you get three actions, and you have a list on the other side of the round sequence card that tells you what actions you can take. All right, so you can draw a card, gain a resource, play one of those event or assets cards using your resources. So um, if I wanted to play a um, the Arbiter of Fates, it has a, a three I would pay three resources and play that down. Um, you can, what else can you do? You can move to another location. But of course, in the example we've given you so far, we got one room. You're not moving anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. You can also investigate, which means you're using one of your icons, the book symbol, and you're basically trying to get a clue from your location. Okay, so in um, this scenario, trapped. Your act, you need to get two clues per investigator. So you do this test and then you can get a clue. And once you've got four clues, if we're playing a two-player game, we get to move on in the act, right? Yeah. Okay, what else? You can fight or engage an enemy. And basically, if you fight it, you're trying to kill the enemy. If you're engaging it, you're basically taking it on and... That could really help someone else if they're really hurting and you need to engage it yeah. so that they don't get killed. So if I drew uh, the Ravenous School and I'm not in a good place to fight, but Oscar is, he might choose to engage it, take it on so that I'm not worrying about fighting it. And then, of course, you can do evasions, which means you can run away, which can be very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so those are the um, that's your main turn. What comes after your investigation turn? Then you have the enemy phase where the enemies will attack you if they have if they're not exhausted, which means if you haven't invaded them. So you'll just take instant damage or instant horror. All right, and then at the end of that, what happens? Then you're in the upkeep phase where you re where you flip your minis which basically tells you that you can now take another turn in your investigation, the next investigation phase. You ready all the cards that you've turned to their side. So you exhaust cards. That could be an enemy. It could be an item. Something gets used up in the course of the turn, and then they come back. And then every investigator checks 
their hand, and if they're over eight cards, they discard down to eight. Okay, so you miss one thing. You draw a card and get a resource. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is the four, these are the four rounds that you end up through the course of the game. You do the mythos phase where something bad happens. You do the investigation phase where you have a chance to do something. The enemy phase where you get attacked if you haven't figured out a way during your investigation phase to make sure you don't get attacked. And then you kind of reset everything to the next or for the next turn and get some resources. So that's the that keeps going until you've ended the scenario, good or bad. What happens when you've ended the scenario? Then you get effects depending on whether you ended it well or ended it poorly. And you can upgrade your deck by from in-game rewards that you got during said scenario. And then you're ready to play the next scenario. Okay, so you might take a penalty depending on what's happened. Um, that'll carry over with you potentially for the rest of the um, scenarios that you're playing. Okay, so... Deck building, as you said, you get to upgrade cards. The original game comes with a bunch of cards that you can upgrade. And so it might be a better version of a card that you currently have. Maybe it'll cost less to play during the actual round or have stronger powers. All right. So you may have gathered this by now. This is a very complicated game. Um, there's a lot of instructions to follow. There's a lot of information on the cards you have to follow. You have to read everything carefully. Um, take your time playing through. You're going to constantly be referring to the rule book and internet. It does get easier, but especially at first, you're going to be like, what on earth is happening, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was true for me. I don't know about your mom. Yeah, I know. We had a hard time at first, but we got there. We figured it out and it was worth it for us. One of the things I'll say is if you decide to play this game, don't worry about making mistakes. Just have fun. You know, you me you'll mess something up. It's going to happen. And just do your best to keep the game moving forward. Since this is a cooperative game, um, what about Family Strife? Um, there's not any Family Strife that, we, that we've had so far. Yeah, you could get frustrated though, right? Yeah, but that's not at each other. That's more like, oh, come on. I seriously got this super hard enemy attacking me. What I'll say about a game like this, and we have other games that are like this from the same company that are not a card game. There is a sense of imminent failure at all points throughout the game. It's true. <laughs> so you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel like you're going to lose a lot because that's part of the game is you feel that horror of not doing well at a lot of points. It's not a game where you're like, I'm so strong, I'm going to run off and um, kill everything. For a number of players, as I said, this is built for one to two players. Um, the first time we played it, that's how we played it, uh, Oscar's mother and I. It's a lot of fun. It's a great two-player game. It can scale up to three or four with an expansion um, or buying a second box of the original game. It is significantly easier with more um, players. So that's something to keep in mind is that it, there is some scaling within the game. If you have more players, some of the enemies are harder to fight. Other tests are a little more difficult, but it does get a little bit easier as you have higher levels. Um, so you might play on a harder difficulty level of the scenario because there are different difficulty levels, easy through like super duper hard that you can play. Um, for replayability, 
if you fail, you're going to want to play again. The first time Oscar's mother and I played through this scenario, we totally failed. And we're like, okay, let's go do it again (laughs) because you want to try. There are, you can make different decisions. You can increase the difficulty. So there's going to be fun things to bring you back. And, but if you really want to play this game, you're probably going to want to have some expansions. So Oscar, tell us a little bit about what kind of expansions there are. Well, there's things called return to different scenarios, and that just makes it harder. Okay, so it brings some different cards into play, adds some things, and so that's a different scenario you can buy. You can buy Return to Knight of the Zealot, which is the one that goes with this one, um, and it allows it gives you some more cards. It gives you some different things that you can do. Um, and then there's entire other cycles, right? Yeah. There's the Dunwich Legacy, which is much longer mm-hmm. and is a very different storyline, yeah. but still feels kind of similar. Yeah, so we, we, we just finished the Dunwich Legacy cycle. It is, I think, about nine scenarios long. There's a lot that you have to buy to get that. To have the entire Dunwich Legacy cycle, I think it's going to cost you around $100. So it's a... This game can be a bit of an investment. If you want to play it and you like playing it, the cost of it can be very high. So keep that in mind before you get too thrilled because that replayability, that you have some things that are going to bring you back to this original box, but at at a certain point you will have exhausted it. Um, For storage and protection, it's kind of a mess. Um, the The original box just, it comes with an insert. It's... It's not real great. You're going to need to sleeve things up and find some ways of doing some additional storage. If you do buy expansions, you're going to have a whole lot of cards that you're managing and needing to store. But the good news is the return to boxes are a little bit better for storage and they come with some good dividers and stuff to keep things together. So if you really get into this game, you're going to need to invest some time in organization. So with that, overall, Oscar, what do you think? Is this a fun game? Yeah. Yeah, we love it. We're going to keep playing it, even though it's super exp- it was super expensive to get going. Now that we have it, we're going to keep playing it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We know this is a little bit of a longer episode than we usually do, but because of the level of complexity of the Arkham Horror card game, it just takes more time to get through. But, you know... As we said, we love playing this game, um, Arkham Horror Legacy Card Game by Fantasy Flight Games. To learn more about this game and other games that we love to play, please visit our website. BoardWithFamilyGames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com. You can follow us on Twitter at BoardWithFG. Find us on Facebook. Um, Make sure you're reviewing us. subscribing to us on wherever you get your podcast and um, we love having you here and we love to share the games that we like to play with you so oscar let's go play another game i'm your host justin i'm your host oscar bye